You did that last time, that weird sh- shoulder thing. Uh, the last week, David, it's really quite often. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> uh, to episode 134 of the Brilliant. Is that, is that what that is? Is it one for it's the just, audio? Just a, it's just a, oh, we're going live. <laughs> it's just a little panic. They're not, we're not live yet, though, are we? For those that for those that like Are you sure? It's, it's just not telling me that we're live because it usually does. Yeah, so we are we're we're the top right hand, top left hand corner. <laughs> Says me nope. we're now, nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Thirty-three. Nope. Thirty-four. Doesn't say that <laughs> in mine. I'm going to go and have a look on Facebook to check. <laughs> I, I don't believe you. I think you're kidding me on. I, I, I don't know anyway, if I want to do like a warm up to the podcast. Right. This is a build up to a punch. You've rumbled this talk. This was our plan today. We, we're going to do pretend to do an entire show without going live, and it's just <laughs> all going to be you expect. Oh, no, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I believe you. Thank you. I, I appreciate your ability to trust there. <laughs> um, okay, so on, uh, on the bottom. Someone's crying. Is that you that put the sad face on there? They're like, this is so dreadful. Yeah. The Brug- whoever's on charge of the Brugger's Facebook page is giving us a wee sad, teary face for this a minute and 24 seconds of absolute monstrosity. Um, <laughs> Brugger's episode 34, Beer and Comics. Bottom left, Dave, Class City Comics. Bottom right, but not on the far right, is Colin Maxwell. And uh, on the top, uh, top right is Andrew Toppins. And then Jeff, and we are going to be joined this evening by uh, Jim Alexander, who is a dude. Um, I met him in, I met him in Dundee, and I uh, found it quite hard to actually like because I've been a fan of his work for quite a long time. But he's going to come on and talk to us about uh, his sci-fi comic Savant, and as as well as obviously his work with Planet Jimbox. So uh, yeah, and he also drinks beer. So we're going to bring him on now to discuss the beer bit because it's always quite exciting when we have a beer drinking guest. Yes. Okay. But without further ado, and without any more nonsense with regards to an intro, please welcome Jim Alexander. Hey! <laughs> Hello, Jim. Hello, it's a, a pleasure. Um, when I first, uh, we did a wee trial run, and you couldn't hear me, and then uh, I managed to get my mic working, and you felt unanimously that it was uh, it was an improvement uh, when you couldn't hear me, so... <laughs> Uh, all goes well for the rest of this uh, chat. That, that's that's why we bring a beer to these sessions. Oh, yes, uh, yeah. we, don't, hello, ben, we don't like anyone's chat. We don't like each other's chat. That, that's, yeah. that, that's fair enough. Um, and Colin was saving the day by scribbling uh, notes. Rather than using the chat feature that comes with the app. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, straight back to 1998. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to send a pigeon. <laughs> oh, awesome. So, uh, how's it going? How's your week going, Jim? Uh, it's it's not been too bad actually. Uh, the sun is shining today. Right. It's, it's lovely. Yeah. Um, although I do look like I'm shrouded in darkness with this sort of like little bright thing in there, but it's actually the sun. Um, yeah, I, it's yeah. been it's been okay actually. It's not been too bad. Glad to hear it. Yeah, it's been sunny across here as well. So I broke out the Magnum PI shirt. 
I do have my thermal vest under it though, <laughs> just in case, you know. Because it is a Scottish yeah. summer rather than. Because it, yeah, it is still still April. Positively, Bami this morning, I had the dog out and we did nine kilometres around the coast between here yeah. and uh, North oh, Queen's Ferry. North oh, Queen's wow. Ferry and Inverkeen. It was beautiful. Oh, wow. I sat down on the sofa thinking I had very early, I've got lots to do today and I'm full of energy now. And then I sat down on the sofa and basically didn't move for five hours. Awesome. So guys, we all got a beer tonight. Well, apart from you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, mean, I do have a non-alcoholic beer. Well, I'll go first just to get out of the roads. Just in case you have to rush off. Nobody cares. In case, you know, case you have to rush off suddenly. Okay, we're going to laugh at you. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about me anyway. So, you know, there's nothing new there. Uh, I've just got an alcoholic beer in my, my hand. So, today, uh, because obviously I've, I've not been drinking alcoholic beer on this show for a long period of time, but this time I now have a proper excuse, which is my wife's about to give birth. Uh, so, I'm drinking, um, I don't even know how to pronounce this, Perlenbacher, non alcoholic, which is a little uh, beer. I think it's a house beer. It's all right. I've had it before. It's... As far as non-alcohol beers concerned, it goes down okay. There's nothing else I can say about it, to be honest. It's... I'm sick of drinking the fuckers. <laughs> I've not had a drink since the 13th of April. I don't know if I'm going to last the show without going a bit crazy. I'm going to be annoyed when you lot start talking about your lovely IPAs and your fruity stuff, especially you, Andrew. I know you have a fruity beer. Um, and I, I'm... So I'm, I might just tune out for the next... Five or ten minutes, if that's okay, just sit here and sulk. <laughs> I'll cry into my beer actually as I listen to you. I'm just saying that Pearl and Backer um, uh, translates as pearl necklace. Yeah. So, yeah, have fun with that, mate. Love I, heard that, I heard that they make non they I hear they, they brew the water they use to brew non alcoholic beer is from the tears of men that aren't allowed to drink because they're awaiting the impending arrival of their new child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I've put up hundreds of tears that I'm going to send off to whoever that will take them. Like paying it forward in that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, fuck you guys. Right, let's move, your let's move on. So <laughs> who, who else has got a beer tonight? Hey, I am. Um, uh, yeah, go for it. Go, go for, for it. it. Um, I've got, uh, predictably, uh, David, I've got a nice fruity IPA. Little twist yeah. IPA um, oh, from the Rye oh. River Brewing Company. Um, I, I can attest it is uh, 100% alcohol, 3.9%, uh, which is a good strength, not ridiculous like the one that we built. Um, and it's very nice. It's very nice. And you know, I'm a sucker for a nice IPA. I can take fruit in IPA, um, not in porters, as you well know. <laughs> in an IPA, yeah, absolutely works. Grapefruit, grapefruit is a really amazing accompaniment to um, to beer as well. There's some really amazing group of grapefruit beers out there. Mm. Uh, the Elvis Juice from that brewery that we don't like to talk about. That's oh, yeah. that brewery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's yeah, for sure. Aldi it's a, it's a good they do. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's what it's called. It's named after one of these songs, isn't it? It's it is. Yeah. yeah. Was that right? I is it Memphis something? Ah, it could be, could be. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I haven't actually tried it. It's, it's nice. I've had it a few times. I'm not much of a, a fruity IPA or stout man at all. I kind of like just a regular beer or IPA, but I've tried, tried the other juice. 
mainly because it was like 7.5% or something. <laughs> and I was like, a couple of them, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was nice, I'm in there a treat, so I quite enjoyed it. But, yeah. I try to so, once on a, on a I wonder, Jim, can we bring Jim in now? Because uh, he, he says that he's got a few beers and they've got yeah. stories attached, so I'm intrigued here. I'm, oh, I'm that, that could have been just a massive lie, of course. You know, <laughs> it made myself look more interesting. They use... Uh, um, You're a common you can spin you can spin yarns, I think, can you? Yeah, f- uh, fact or fiction. Um, right. Well, my my first one is a doom bar, mm. which uh, yeah, uh, but but um, uh, this can uh, tie in with the comics as well. Uh, the uh, I first had a pint of doom bar um, at the, one of Mark Miller's Kapow conventions in London. That's when it first exploded onto the scene. It was, um, mm-hmm. you know, like it was like when Boddington's first <coughs> arrived, and it was a really nice pint. And then, obviously, yeah. when it got really popular, people started drinking uh, outside Manchester. It became this horrible, horrible de- derivate derivation of itself. Mm-hmm. And Dunbar, to be fair, I think still stands up not a lot better than Boddington's, but. First Dunbar I had, and it was it was beautiful. It was like a, it was so frothy and so creamy. And it's like you could you could sort of like uh, have a doom bar instead of having you know a pudding. Mm. No bother having a pudding. I'll have a doom bar instead. You know, and just eat it with Glasgow spoon. pudding. <laughs> yes, I. <laughs> so um, I, I got that kapow, and it was kind of like it was, a, it was an amazing bar that we were at. It was one of these London bars, and it was sort of like uh, Crystal Palace. Going to introduce a wee bit of football in here. I do apologise, but Crystal yeah. Palace had just been promoted to the Premier League. And there was it was full of Crystal Palace supporters. And then later on, Chelsea won the Champions League final against Bayern Munich by uh, by through penalties, and it was actually played at Bayern Munich's ground. So they beat the Germans um, at penalties in their own backyard. It was a fantastic night. I, mean, I can't remember anything about the comic convention, but I remember <laughs> the night out. And Doombar, Doom, so as a result, Doombar's always had a special place in my heart. So there you go. I don't know, is it something that you guys like, Doombar, or do you just disown it because it's just yeah, sold out? Oh, no, 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 I, I enjoy a Doombar. I, I remember it coming out as well, um, and it had been very popular. I don't remember it coming out, but... I've definitely picked up a few more. food there, um, and I some more doom bars, more regular when I go and meet, meet parents and we're because it's just off off the bus straight into the bar. So, right, yeah. there's a there's a pub. You know the pub um, Paisley, just outside. The, it's a it's a Weatherspoons that goes on forever, mm. and uh, it's just outside Paisley Gilmer Station, and they they sell a, a doom bar in there. I mean, it's a Weatherspoons. Uh, but but I mean, there's only so many pubs you can go to in Paisley, I suppose. We never yeah. went to it, and uh, we met up with Steve McManus, Colin. We went to a, a proper pub, but we, we did it's £1.99 for yeah. a pint of Doombar, and it's actually yeah. not bad. It's actually quite a nice pint. £1.99. I mean, I don't know what the markup for that is. Yeah, anything, any pint under a fiver is actually pretty good. Let's face it, yeah, for <laughs> sure. So two quids, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, given the current uh, economic climate, I think we'll all be going to weather spins. <laughs> Just huddling around. Just for the heat, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> and a wee cry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be wearing our uh, we'll be wearing our EU underwear though, as a kind of sign of concern <laughs> towards uh, 
the road. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I'll be an <laughs> early old secret. <laughs> tip, tip the staff so that they actually eat Well, hopefully yeah. staff will never so, know. They'll, they'll so tip us, so they'll never know. I'm intrigued by this EU underwear. So it's got a ring of stars, right? Is that, is that in a particular place? Alas, there'll be one star missing, and that's probably yeah, the crucial one, it. won't it? Yeah, there'll be a wee tear, a wee tear in place of the star. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right, who else has got right. a beer tonight? Uh, I'm drinking Time Tripping by a uh, Tiny Rebel. Um, Jeff uh, outdoes us again with a, a posh beer. It's payday. And it was the five-week month, so I'm celebrating. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, um, I double... So, does anyone get this reference before I tell you what it was? I had to Google it. Um, what? What uh, it? Billy, Billy, you time-tripping again is written on the back of the can. And it's a... Obviously, it's a, it's a, I Googled it. It's a reference to DJ Hazard, a song called Time Tripping, which is a... No. no, okay, well, there you go. Well, yeah, they named the beer after it. It's a, it's a 6.2% Niper. Um, it smells, uh, it's quite really hazy, as you can see. It's not got much fizz on it, not massive carbonation, to be honest. Uh, it's got a tr it's pineapple and passion fruit on the nose, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, it tastes like a tropical smoothie. Um, Tiny Rebel are amazing. And a uh, um, my, probably my favourite brewery in the world, and this was just new in the um, the beer shops. That I, can, uh, the, can I ask how, how much does that cost? It's four pound seventy, I think, for this can because it's a slightly big, it's a slightly bigger one. Five hundred no, mil. Yeah, it's five hundred mil rather than three thirty. Uh, four forty mil, sorry. Let's say slightly, slightly bigger. Um, not the most expensive can of beer at uh, the Caledonian Crappy Merchant, but not their cheapest. Oh, yeah. Pro probably kind of. Kind of center of the center of the market. It's okay. Um, if I'm honest, the fact that it's quite flat, I don't know if that's because it's been in my fridge for a couple of days, and I don't know if it's maybe just the the te uh, you know temperature affects carbonation, doesn't it? So I think, but um, it's not very fizzy. It's probably my only thing. You know, it's quite. Uh, I mean, that's straight out of the can there now, and there's no buzz to it. But apart from that, it tastes lovely, and uh, but not my favorite tiny rebel, but it's still nice. You're so posh again, drinking from a from a glass from a wine glass. So so Claire's Claire's gone into Manchester. Claire's gone into Manchester for a few days. And, oh, so you're and the yeah. glass here, she's not here. Have you got well, another one as well? No, it's just haven't emptied the dishwasher. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I I've gone the opposite way. I've gone down market because we were all penny pinching at the moment, aren't we? So uh, I, I've got a, a William, Williams Brothers from uh, Aldi, I think. My wife picked this one for me. It's called Paolo. It's a peach pale ale. Uh, what is it? Five point one percent. It's it's pretty nice. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of all the Williams Brothers stuff. There's two or three that I, I quite like out of, out of that range, um, and and I've never had this one before, and it's actually quite pleasant. It's quite a sweet, sort of peachy flavour. Yeah, for a pale ale. Um, so for about you know, I, I don't know, a pound a can or something, or pound twenty or something, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think, I think nice that pretty one. much sums up Boyers Brothers. I would say that whole uh, something they um, there is a, they do jokers, don't they? Joker IPA yeah. is theirs, and that's brilliant. But then they've got other stuff on there, and their in their line that's just a bit like 
Okay. Like a few decent birds and bees is pretty decent. Um, the, uh, one with the, L, the one with the giraffe on it, I can't remember what that's called. Seven giraffes is pretty yeah. decent. Um, I think that's the only two that I can think of that I quite like their bigger cans. They do sort of bigger 440 mil cans, and they tend to be a bit better than the smaller ones. Caesar yeah. Augustus is all right, I think. If I remember that. I think oh, yeah, yeah, I think that's all right. Yeah. Just going to name their whole brand now, eh? They yeah. just go like, oh, yeah, actually. Actually, they're all all right. They're better than a brew dog. And at £1.20 a can, you know, they're no your beer that you've got there, Jeff, isn't it four times as good as the beer? It, it, it isn't, and that's. That, that's worth knowing. That's a really, that's actually a fantastic, that's a fantastic point, actually. But, but one, one thing I'll say though, as well, is um, Aldi are a massive, massive um, chain of shops, right? Whereas your Caledonian craft beer merchant is one guy, right? So he does not get the same amount of discount as what Aldi yeah. is getting on his cans. So that's, you know, you've got yeah, to think yeah. of that when you're buying something from an independent shop and also yeah. an independent comic creator. Oh, we, 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 we've just we've had it, we've had chats at, at length between us about stuff like that. And yeah, that's a good point to make. Yeah. as well. Excellent points, lads. Um, right, I'll put my yeah. light on there and uh, sorry to interrupt, but um, it, it, does my screen look okay? Or does a sort of light? I see maybe we're having some yeah. sort of... Yeah. That's just my can. Yeah, you've got a wee ray, rave or something well, going on well, in the background. It does seem like I'm having some strobe show or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah, it's yeah. not annoying or anything, as long as it's not annoying you, you're fine. <laughs> um, yeah, if anyone's well, watching it, 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 it might give somebody a, yeah, a fit or something like that. Yeah, maybe, um, we, should, maybe we should post a warning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you should post a warning anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, anyone who suffers from photoepilepsy should look away now. So um, I, I guess we're going to move on to comics now. We've <laughs> done well, our beer bit. Well, let's let's uh, uh, speak to Jim. So Jim, yes, let's let's hear about Jim. Jim, right. tell us about yourself because you're you're a, been a prolific writer over the years, and and so tell us about some of the well, those of our, our listeners who have never come across you before. Tell us about what you've you've written in the past. Oh. Uh... Well, it's nice of you to say the word prolific. Um, usually I get other... Horrific. <laughs> yes, horrific. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I started off um, oh, more years than I would care to remember. I did Calhab Justice. Mm-hmm. And I worked for the magazine for a few years, then get dumped. Then uh, moved to... Did some work for Caliber. Um, and that that was uh, when I, I started doing my work for hire with uh, DC Marvel. Did a Birds of Prey, did a Batman 80 page, uh, the Giant, um, oh, various things. Uh, did some Metal Hurlongs. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of them were uh, adapted and made into um, TV episodes for Metal Hurlont Chronicles. Did a Star Trek story for Tokyo. Pop, if you remember Tokyo Pop, the old manga, mm-hmm. it probably introduced manga to to Western civilization. Yeah. Uh, did a Star Trek story for them, uh, um, featuring the original uh, series. So I got to write Captain Kirk and Bones and McCoy. Um, various things like that, Warhammer, um, 
then uh, moved on to doing Planet Gymbot stuff. I was with BHP for about a year, and then I moved on mm-hmm. to Planet Gymbot. Uh, we did uh, things like Good Cop, Bad Cop, uh, Wolf Country, Savant, or Savant, or whatever it's pronounced. There's Wolf yeah, Country. There's Wolf Country. That's issue two. That's probably my favourite one. Actually, oh, the yeah. One I no, I kind of like the cover in this one. Yeah, that was it. I think Luke used that. Um, Luke Cooper. Did, uh, he did the first issue, and then he continued doing the covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Pickering took over. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the uh, for the issues, well. Samuel. Yes, that was my last collaboration with Luke before he decided that he didn't want to work with writers anymore, or not me anyway. Um, yep, that was a, that was sort of like interesting exercise uh, to uh, standalone stories um, featuring uh, an unnamed Samuel. Actually, I don't know if you've seen uh, the Northman. The, the new movie it's out the, the trailer I've not seen the movie I haven't seen it but um, yeah yeah well it's, no it's, it's got kind of like yeah it's kind of like, it's probably the most brutal 15 I've ever seen I, can, yeah. I cannot believe it's uh, yeah. it was a 15 probably because maybe the the action sequences of the violence was, was a bit over the top and it wasn't very gory mm-hmm. uh, you know it wasn't like lashings of blood but yeah. uh, I mean it was mm-hmm. quite really disturbing because they, they, they show the, the Vikings what they actually did to um, towns, you know, villages, towns, wrong, wrong era, villages that they are completely uh, eradicated, you know, kind of like the, the rape and pillage type thing that they're coined with. Mm-hmm. You actually see it in graphic detail. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was horrific, especially, you know, with, uh, you know, recent events that parallels with that. Uh, so uh, Samuel has got a kind of like a, a Northman vibe. It, it sure has. I mean, here they go, it's like, you know, Village burning down, and then we've got some yeah. some nice decapitations and things going on. There's, there's not much joy in it. Um, there's a couple of good jokes <laughs> involving swearing, so um, I think it's got a mature labels label on it, hasn't it? In the cover, mature label. Don't yeah, show it, it does. Do. Yeah, parental right. advisory. Yeah, parental it. But so if you give it to your six-year-old, you've been warned, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so They'll yeah, I did love that. it. <laughs> Oh, aye. aye, they will love it. Um, yeah, um, that's the kind of feedback you get sometimes when you like Wolf Country. I would say it was a kind of like PG 12. Because so, sometimes you, you'll, you will get um, dads and they're with their kids and they use the kids as an excuse to get the comic. And they'd say, Well, what kind of certificate is this? And you, you have to kind of, well, these days the things you can get away with in a 12. And stuff like that. I don't think you could get away with that in a, a comic and still call it a 12. But uh, yeah. if they do let the kids do it, then the, the feedback is invariably it's got square words in it. That's the kind of like the, the, only, the only reaction they get. So, um, and then I've done some novels as well. Uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop did as a novel and they did The Light as a, as a kind of follow up to that. So that, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, which I guess brings us um, to, to to this, which um, you've collected. It was originally a two-parter through um, Dark Horse, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, it's got a potted history. Um, if you've got about three hours, I could go through it all. Um, <laughs> like, like all these sort of things, really. Um, initially, it was, um, I think, maybe we're talking 2011, 2012, 
that far back. And uh, John Freeman uh, was uh, looking for ideas for a, um, a comic anthology called uh, Strip, I think it was. And it's going to be financed by a, a Bosnian <coughs> businessman stroke uh, <laughs> musician. Wow. It's called Ivo. And uh, he used to phone me up on occasion, and uh, I would say to my mates the next day, you know, I would say, oh, I got a phone call from Bosnia last night, and they'd be going, wait, wait, what's happening here? <laughs> so, uh, you know, happy days. But um, that, that, that didn't materialise, and then in 2013, um, uh, Planet Jimbo put out the first 24 pages uh, as a issue one. And uh, that was with Will Pickering and Finn Cram and Jim Campbell on board, who are the who continue to be the team on on the title. And uh, Dark Horse picked it up uh, okay. a couple of years later, or a year year or so later, um, and they gave us a budget, um, so we were able to complete the story. So it was originally twenty four pages. We were able to expand it into forty eight pages uh, for a for for the complete book. I'll, I'll maybe yeah, just show a few pages while while we are talking. Yeah, so, so we can see see uh, Will and, and Finn's work on this. Yeah, it's um, they're, they're, they're a great combination, a great team. Um, I, that that works really really good, I think. Uh, Very distinctive colouring from Finn. Yeah, he, Finn... He, he has he has that soft really soft colours and these fantastic light blooms and stuff, you know. And, and really quite amazing. Yeah, I mean, actually, I, I met Will and Finn in uh, Kapow. Um, Will lives in Glasgow. Um, Finn lives in Edinburgh, so obviously we had to go all the way to London to meet up um, <laughs> and, and, and discuss it. And, and the the colouring, uh, the colours were uh, the colouring, the colouring. Is that the best way of describing it? Yeah, it probably is. Um, was was an integral part in the in the pitch because I know Finn had worked for that course and I, and he wasn't necessarily always looking for uh, you know to do colouring for for a book that that you know that was going to be ultimately self published um, but you know I managed to to use the old silver tongue to get him on board um, and. So anyway, Dark Horse picked it up. Mike Richardson uh, got in touch out the blue and said, "Would you be interested in serialising this for Dark Horse Presents?" And we went, "Yeah." And they gave us a budget. We produced the pages, and then they kind of sat on it for about five years. They did. They, they did publish the first sixteen pages um, in Dark Horse Presents, and then promptly cancelled the title. All right. Um, as you do, uh, and then. It, was, it sat in limbo for maybe another year, a couple of years. Then we decided, well, we'll ask for it back. It was getting to that point where it was going to revert over to, back to the creators. And uh, that'll probably be Mike there to, to intervene, put his <laughs> side side of the story. And um, they, they, they then said, oh, well, I think they'll be um, offering it to Netflix. So we went, oh, right, okay, well, it was a a no-brainer. So I think uh, Dark Horse sat on it again for about another year, year and a half. Eventually, um, I thought, oh, no, it's, um, you know, eventually we're going to die <laughs> and it's still <laughs> not going to be out. So we got it back. We got the kill forms through. It was 
to be fair, Dark Horse was fine in, in yeah. every every aspect. Dark Horse was really good to work with, except for actually putting the thing out. Um, and then um, this year, we uh, the forty eight pages were collected and um, published as a complete story, um, and it came out. Um, Ooh, last day of March, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And now, and and basically, we've had one sale, and it was Colin. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's letting the, the world know about it. Yes, here we are. I bought I bought this book. It's really good. Go and buy it. Um, so, uh, I guess we should talk a wee bit about what what the story is about. Um, um, so Savant is is a planet, and. Uh, it seems that the the inhabitants have this sort of ability to um, record people's memories, experiences, and that's kind of what they do: is they they leave their home world, they travel the the galaxy, uh, collecting memories, and eventually bring it back back home, back to the planet where they they kind of store them um, in. Trying to remember what it's called, the crystal pillar or something, um, and it certainly looks like that. It's a kind of a um, something like that. A, a Obviously, sort of light made up. pillar of light, but um, uh, here, here it is. Here. Here's, the, here's the kind of pillar of light that stores all the all the experiences and memories. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of, you know, looking at, at the sort of technology side of it, um, it kind of does remind me a little bit of like people using social media. Everybody's recording every aspect of their life, what they had for their tea. You know what they did today, making YouTube videos and stuff, and here's this this whole society that is going kind of built around gathering these experiences and adding them to this sort of database, um, if you like, the crystal towers of knowledge. Um, but this the story itself uh, follows one character, Load, who's the, the character on the front cover, um, who decides that she wants to chronicle kind of people's last moments before they die. So she visits lots of war zones around the around the galaxy, uh, eventually ending up in this planet Hubris, which is a, a kind of war zone. Um, and she's kind of recruited by the local militia to uh, hunt down a war criminal. So that's kind of the, the starting point for the for the story, isn't it? That's brilliant. That's really good. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at pitching. I cannot pitch. Well, Colin's amazing. You could get, you could, you could give Colin a comic, and you can just do that. Is that who you're really skilled at? That's great. I'll, I'll, I'll I wasn't going to look at the recording um, of this, but I might do just to kind of write that down. Actually, <laughs> memorize it. About thirty minutes, and you, you can you can avoid all the shit at the start. <laughs> I know that's 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 more or less it in the nutshell. Um, the, the the kind of premise. Um, it was uh, for me. It was it was oh. I mean, it's been with me for so long. The actual story. Uh, actually, the, the the for me the kind of overwhelming relief. I feel like it's just to get the thing out mm-hmm. after all this time. And it was never really intended to be. You know, it was intended to be something that probably would have been out maybe seven or eight years ago, and that would have been the end of it, possibly. Um, I did have ideas for maybe, as all any self-respecting writer will, they'll always have at least two or three sequels, potential sequels in the box. Um, but 
uh, it then just became a, a an issue of getting it getting it back and then then getting it out. Um, the, the the first um, first thing we did the the planet gym bot, um, uh the twenty four pages way back, like like eight year nine year ago even. Um, We'd spend so much time on it because it was a colour book book, and you know even back then colour books were, were, were a lot rarer than they are now um, for the self published. And we spent so much time over it, and there was so much debate um, about where we were going, the direction we were going. That there was about one billion uh, typos in the actual finished comic. So if you actually if you actually have a, a, a version of the comic where it's got like seven R's and the word hemorrhage and stuff like that. <laughs> and it was, it was bizarre because we just couldn't, I, I, for, for a long time, I couldn't actually read these pages without actually blood coming out of my eyes because we'd, we'd went over it and over and over it for so many times. So um, for me, even just the fact I can actually, before we actually put out the 20, the 48 page version, um, you know, late last year, I needed to sit down and just have a look at it to see if I was happy with it, and uh, I actually was able to read it through without any any mishaps to my person, and that that was a good thing as well. And I I did I did appreciate it for what it was. You know, obviously, it's difficult to detach yourself from something like that. It's difficult to be objective about it. And why would you be? Because you know, I wrote it. I'm part of the creative team, but um. Uh, you know, I was pretty pleased, to say the least, with uh, the final, the final, um, you know, book as it as it came out, and I think we've done well. I think we've, the, the the creative team have done well just to okay. get this far. Where did well, that after be? all this time, eh? Boy, yes. Where did the idea spring from? Did you did you have an idea? Is it just something you've mulled over in your head, and then you thought, right, okay, I'll I'll stick it down, or did did something, you know? Did something happen and you thought, that's going to make a good story, I'm going to go with that? Or is it just something just popped in and you're just like, right, let's do this? Yeah, it's, it's a bit morbid, the actual story, isn't it? And that probably um, comes from that. I think it was, I've always been um, obsessed with, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it's just the, the thing that's popping into my head just now. The, there's zeotropes, you know, the kind of like the, um, you know, we think, social media and recordings and needing to record things for posterity is a, a kind of modern phenomena. But I mean, uh, in the in the Victorian ages, they were all filming each other constantly with zeotropes and sort of like, um, mm-hmm. you know, various other um, kind of like stop, start type machinery. Mm-hmm. And um, so this, this idea of it's interesting the social media um, analogy with what what load does, but but she also um, can capture the memories and the, the the emotion behind these images, and I think obviously sometimes social media because you're only it's only stimulating one particular sense if you like the visual sense then you, it can be easily manipulated. Um, Without actually taking it into the context or what what's going, but inside somebody's head, so mm. like for 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 the the people a savant, they, they sort of like recorded 
the emotions behind it and what have you. Because you could have a famous photograph. I mean, think of a famous photograph and, um, you know, um, the, the person thinking that, that that's, you know, one of the people's thinking, whatever you do, don't fart or something like that. <laughs> you know, like that didn't quite work for Biden when he was over in Glasgow, I suppose. But, you know, it was like... Um, you just don't know. I know. That's a very crude example. Well, we're, we're right. Um, there's, <laughs> there there's you go. It's the best one I could come up with. <laughs> well, there's, a whole, there's a whole thing about what, what me and my wife talk a bit about on social media is the um is um the manipulate the ability to manipulate. We not. I don't even know if that's the right phrase. But like when people post their like their best stuff, and you you know that person on like a a personal level. Right, so it's maybe like it's maybe it's like a workmate, and you know them to be a, a fairly miserable individual. But like their social media would suggest that they were like living their best life, and like, and a there's that whole aspect of social media that's really quite false, where it's like actually you know, um, it's the, you know, I don't know, without sounding like a total arse or a bit a, a bit bitchy, but there's a, the I don't know the example of like the like folk with their partner and it all looking totally awesome and then you actually what what you don't see is the fact that that relationship's on life support and um two weeks later they're not together and you're like okay <laughs> um you know there's the ability to lie whereas i, I suppose with seven there's the whole thing where it's like your the emotional the capture of the emotion like there's more truth to it isn't it there's more i, I always think it's like you know that, that song the tears of a cloud you know that's that, that first line people see in the life of the party um, people, whether it's face to face or on social media, people portray themselves differently to, to what they do when they're just with their nearest and dearest. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I can come across on, on, online and, and, and in person as quite open and affable and exuberant, and um, and that. Whereas my wife will tell you that if, if it's just us, I never speak, and I sit with my face tripping twelve hours a day. So, um, yeah. I think, there's the Alan Moore one, um, Watchman with uh, Pag- Pagliacci, the great mm-hmm. clown. Yeah, yes. And it's the psychiatrist. Yeah, says, oh, you know, I'm feeling a bit down, and he says, "Oh, you should go and see Pagliacci's in town. Yeah, yeah. It's great." So uh, you don't understand. I was nearly going to go into a terrible Italian accent there. You don't understand. <laughs> um, I am Pagliacci. That was, I think, yeah. Roscatch. Roscatch. That character there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so obviously you can't do that with, um, like, you know, the custodians of, of, of like messages, truth, exact lives. And, uh, that's why, you know, and they, they become legendary as a alien species. They're like maybe the watcher in the Marvel mm. universe. They're the all seeing, all knowing. They, they visit planets and chronicle things and, and they're, they're, they're kind of like, um, and in this scenario, especially when when it's it's load that's in um, you know a whole planet's become a war zone, um, that she's got get some kind of UN um, privileges she can that, that all sides will accept her and, and uh, you know allow her um, access in, in order to to chronicle what's left of a, a dying planet. So there is that kind of like core of. Um, you know, uh, I suppose there's been a lot of things said recently because of mo- current events, and, and and I wouldn't wish to um, belittle what's actually happening in the real world by comparing it to a comic book. But there is there, there is a kind of like idea that, that 
eventually um, violence, eventually war, eventually the kind of killings and atrocities that, that sort of like uh, fuel that sort of thing. Eventually, they will burn out. Mm-hmm. They, they can't be sustained. We we you know the the the, the futility of it all. Um, we'll ne- as human beings, we never learn. We seem to learn from it, but. Mm. And I think the you know, if there's a core to Savant, if there's a kind of like a message there, it's um, that you know eventually these things do burn out. Um, it's it's in the inevitable. Uh, it just seems you know senseless to 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 have to go from A to B. The, no, the kind of like the cat, you know, in order yeah. to get to to there, you know, that, yeah. that we should be intelligent enough as a species to. To kind of like come to that conclusion, we should be, but we keep letting ourselves down in that respect. So, um, so uh, the, the, another thing was the main antagonist is uh, called a uh, character called Trigo, and for him, it's all about he's anti life basically, he wants to destroy everything. He's taken the kind of like the, the warlord type aspect, the warmonger type aspect to a complete extreme. And his philosophy is, I want to destroy everything, all life, and at the end, that would include him as well. He sees himself as part of the the problem. Uh, he's the solution right up to the end, and then he becomes a problem. So I, I like I like exploring the kind of like extremes as as you can do in a kind of piece of fiction, which is kind of like uh, self-contained. It's got a a, a beginning, a middle, and the end. Thankfully, in this case, um, so for for me, I think it worked out works works out well because we were able to not not in every and you you always guys will appreciate this that that it doesn't always work out that that you, you can only um, you start a story and you get the opportunity to finish it in, in a way that you you would like to, um, especially if you're in the self publishing side of things. I suppose with with you, Colin. Um, most your commando books always end with, with, with we won, I suppose, don't they? The last panel is we yeah. won. <laughs> More often than not, or, or it's not always that. It's sometimes it's just the start of something. You know, like I, you know, my, my commando story it's this week. It's right at the start of the war, but it ends with, you know, the Poles basically leaving their country. So, you know, and, and it being open-ended, so, you know, obviously we do know what happened, but, you know, to them it's a big mystery. Where, where it will ever return to Poland is kind of the last the last thing said in the script. Mm-hmm. And it must have been like that, you know, it must have been quite harrowing, and it, I suppose it does, it kind of reflects, I mean, this was written like, what, eight months ago? So, but it does kind of reflect, you know, there's a lot of these people moving out of Ukraine at the moment, Ironically, to places like Poland, yeah, <laughs> you know, and and they must be, you know, thinking that as well. You know, we're on this train to somewhere, or in this, you know, walking over a border. Are we ever going to be back home? Um, and and it, it it struck me when I read it this week. You know, eight months after writing it, that, that it kind of struck home, and I'm sure it will strike you straight home with some people. You know, that, that are in that situation. Yeah, is that out? Is that is that something you just finished? out today? Yeah, out, out today. Wow. wow. Yeah. So our hearts back to what Jim was just saying as well, Colin, that whole thing about, like, you think we'd learn from these things, but... Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, but 80 years later, we haven't. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing from the point of view of the, the Savant is that Lloyd, um obviously a big fan, big fan there, uh, appeal to a lot of people in the canine, the canine, <laughs> the canines out there. Like, preach, preach. <laughs> yeah, big, big fans of Calab Justice. Um, so, uh, yeah, she... she with with Lloyd, she her her dad went out exploring, and uh, something happened to him. It's a mystery what happened to him. Uh, but he died, or he, he's believed dead, and he's lost to the whatever corner of the universe um, he found himself in. And that's something that she's always been fascinated with, and she wants to try and understand death through other people's emotions to try and unlock some mystery involving her father and uh, so she she has to go on a she goes on a journey um so it's kind of, kind of she's a rather ghoulish character um and she has to go on a a journey of almost self-discovery uh, for herself in this backdrop of this planetary war zone so i mean like it's kind of weighty weighty tomes and all that but um you know, obviously, there's a lot of kind of like interesting, I think, science fiction ideas that were thrown into the pot as well, and that that was partly you know stuff that I came up with, but also working with uh, the creative team as well. Um, you know, sort of like you know, take my lead from some of the great visuals that uh, Will and Will and Finn supplied. So, so there it is. That's that's it. I don't think we can yeah. talk about it anymore because from a from a from a creator standpoint, it's it's amazing hearing how other. I I just enjoy hearing how other comic creators will uh, sculpt the worlds. I think it's fascinating that you're saying that. Like, obviously, you you started out telling writing a story, and but obviously, as you start to collaborate with your artists, it's almost like influencing how you tell the story as it continues. That's quite um. Yeah. Well, I always see that. Uh, I always view if well, it, it's best to to be involved as much in the actual creation of a, a comic as much as you can be. So, if it's if it's self published, you can be pretty involved. And I always saw the final script that you would send off because I, I you feel uh, I do full scripts. Um, it's just the first draft of the actual comic itself, um, because you know, so long as they don't, um, you know, do anything that involves massive derivations away from the plot, you know, that any visual stuff that that the artist can bring, um, you know, you you would it would be easier to if it's a cool idea, it'd be easier to accommodate the script. So that that's my view, but it's my view. It's always been, um, even when I did work for for hire for when I did work for hire for DC and Marvel and uh, two thousand AD and stuff like that. I would try and be involved as much as possible because eventually, um, you know, you get to a point where it's no longer it's you've, you've passed it over, and you know, six months later you'll see it in in, in print, and you can look at it and go, oh. They've rewritten every word, <laughs> and it's a bit, it's a hundred times, hundred times better than my original script. Um, so, uh, you know, it's like it, 
like in anything like even the kind of TV stuff that I've been involved in, you, you want to get involved as much as you can, volunteer for stuff constantly, and then eventually you know that it's going to be taken off you and then given to people that know what they're doing. But you, you know, you've had as much input as you can do on it um, before it it's then becomes somebody else's uh, baby. Um, so. Yeah, I think with Savant, it was very much a. Um, uh, when you look at, I will look at the actual full scripts that they, they, they don't bear as much relation to the finished um, product, the finished book, as maybe some other scripts do. The same with Wolf Country as well. Yeah. So, like, some sometimes when people buy, if they're prospective writers, and I always try and sort of like say, well, buy a book and I'll send you the script for it. I'm dead conscious of the fact I'm sending the script and it bears very little relation to the thing <laughs> that they're reading. But I send it to them anyway. And, you know. That's quite interesting. Um, as well. um, we had Andrew Wildman on um, the podcast earlier this year and he, he sort of saying similar to what you're saying, like uh, volunteering for as much as he, when he worked in television as well, uh, as a storyboard, or he was like, I, you know, he was like, I volunteered for everything to the point that like, you know, he was like, I would be in London town centre watching how double-decker buses, like, navigated certain sections of road so that I could make sure that, you know, when they were filming this scene in a TV programme, the bus was capable of doing what they were wanting it to and stuff like that. And, like, that's fascinating. He's like, it's just like, you want to tell the story as best you can. So, Yeah, I heard that. I think I heard that one, actually. Mm-hmm. I think no, I, the, the truth is... The truth of the matter is that Andrew just likes looking at double-decker buses, does he? <laughs> <laughs> That's just a massive cover story he was giving you. If it, if it is, he never gets any work done because a double-decker bus has just passed his house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. He's, he, he must be really like... Isn't that the pro, what's the programme he did? Um, he did the storyboarding for and it's basically a double-decker bus is like key to the plot. <laughs> oh, we will. He's a ball. <laughs> Probably Andrew was driving the double decker bus, uh, you know, but, uh, <laughs> and who can blame so, him? Because it's, it's, it's aesthetically lovely to see, isn't it? A yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also like a double decker as well. That's one of my right, to, to steer the conversation back to comics, uh, folks. <laughs> pardon if you pardon again a bad pun. Um, where can folk get your books? Um, Jim, where can they get them if they want to buy them online or are you at any events or comic conventions soon that people can come and get them? Yeah, um, well, it's available on Amazon um, worldwide, which sounds, you know, more impressive than it is. Um, (laughs) And, uh, well, basically, uh, my novels and Savant are all POD through Amazon and Ingram Spark, so you could get them Barnes and Noble and Waterstones and stuff like that. Um, mm. uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be difficult to get to. Uh, there's a uh, there's a Planet Jumbot shop uh, on Etsy. Yep, and I'll sign that for you um, if you're that way inclined. But I sign everything, so it you know it is one of those classics. <laughs> Yeah, there, you my wife, there you go. Yeah, and it must. And as you can see, my signature bears no actual relation to my name. It's like oh, I'm having a stroke or something like that. You know, <laughs> phone an ambulance. You want one of those guys to have the sought after editions, the one that's no signed. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
That was the kind of classic with Terry Wogan. I'm sorry, I'm showing my age here, but my wife yeah. actually is showing her age and she said that Terry Wogan used to have a wee laugh about like it's the books that he didn't sign, his autobiography that he didn't sign. That was the one that was uh, worth all the, the big bucks. Because yeah. um, even the ones that Terry Wogan owned were all signed <laughs> by him <laughs> to him to Terry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, so um, and it's no different. If it's good enough for Terry, it's good enough for me. Yeah, so um, yeah, uh, yeah. Another can be. Um, I've got a, I've got a website. I don't know. You, you can sometimes do your contact details, don't you? So mm-hmm. my website is if you want to get in contact about anything within reason, obviously, it's uh, <laughs> Jim Alexander Writing, all one word. Dot com, and I think it should put the HTTPS thing at the start just to make sure that you don't get a a warning about the unsuitability of the, the website. <laughs> um, the, the, the hypertext thing can makes it all kosher, and you're not going to be uh, sort of like um, uh, rerouted to uh, you know um, somewhere dodgy. You'll end up buying a bazooka and or something like that, a tank. And the, I'm not going to try that just now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, HTTPS full uh, co- colon, and it's well, a backslash yeah, or a forward slash. Well, you think of the bottom of it being your feet. And the way you're leaning is the way that the, the, you read it. So, yeah, so you're okay. leaning forward rather than back. I've got bad posture, so it probably suits me. <laughs> you're leaning forward, because leaning back is excruciatingly painful. Jim, so, just no backslashes. Slightly change the, the subject here. Did I read somewhere that you're also currently uh, writing for Ben 10? Oh, no, that was a while ago. Was that a while ago? Right. Yeah, I cannot... For the, for I, the younger I, audience, I, I, out there, Ben 10 is a cartoon on Cartoon Network that was really big in a couple yeah, of yeah. years ago. Probably when you were yeah. writing that, actually, Jeremy. Well, yeah, well, 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 I'm, I'm responsible, obviously, for the... Mm. When, they st- when I stopped writing for it, 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 bombed. it bombed. It fell like a, a stone. What was uh, you, were, you, were you responsible for that epic theme tune? Because it was like that... <laughs> that, well, that actually, like, I, I do have two boys, right? So but I can... I think, well, yeah, yeah. It was it. It started when an alien device did what it did. Attached itself upon his wrists with secrets that it had. Now he's got superpowers. He's not ordinary kid. He's been ten. There you go. My yeah. word. Just I, mean, you, I don't know what age you are now, but you must have been at least in your mid twenties. I've, I've, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got early thirties when you were watching it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I blame the kid. The kid wasn't even in the room at the time. Exactly. You know? He's learned the whole one. Pretending, pretending he's frozen now, so he doesn't have to assess. Finally, watching kids' cartoons for the past fifteen years. He's gone. My internet's rubbish. I just thought it was maybe the internet cutting me off for like quoting Ben Ten lyrics. I didn't, didn't, I didn't enjoy doing Ben Ten because the, um, and it was the same for, there was two things that I didn't really enjoy doing. Um, ben Ten, it's nothing against Ben Ten, but it's very much, you had uh, Ben Ten and his pal Kevin, I think it was. Kevin Eleven. 
sister. Oh, geez, this boy. There you go. <laughs> the founding member of the Ben 10 Appreciation Society. That's a good show. <laughs> Thankfully, I never wrote the Power Rangers. I've never been so glad of that fact. I don't think anyone did. Now. I think he just talked about it. Some guy in uh, Tokyo wrote it and then stared in disbelief as people... Somebody- Americans, uh, so like, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Ben 10, yeah, so they would get together and they would say something, they would act, you know, like, you know, there would be some kind of like little kind of reason why they all got together and had a little conversation. And then an alien would turn up and the alien, it would be always be a bit of a misunderstanding, really. Um, and then at the end, it was, it was all nicely wrapped up. So I didn't really enjoy that. There was a, I did um, did some Spider Man stuff as well. Spider Man, well, Spider Man's, isn't it? The, if you Spider-Man. do more than one Spider Man story, oh, yes. it's not Spider Man because it's still the same character. <laughs> so it's Spider Man's. So <laughs> you're grammatically in all sorts of problems here. Lots of Spider Man. I've done I've done some. So the best thing to do is do one Spider Man and then never do them again, and you won't face that that quandary. <laughs> So I'd done some Spider-Mans and um, and it was nothing to do with it. It was for uh, Marvel UK and um, uh, they were kind of like 11 page stories type thing. So there was, the, the time was, you know, you didn't have much um, time to, to work in. And uh, to introduce the bad guy, um, I realised like in one of the last ones that I did that um, I would introduce the bad guy through a portal right and I, I'd been doing that for like you know several several uh, strips without realising right so yeah how am I going to introduce this bad dude ah through a portal aren't I clever <laughs> gave myself a pat in the back and then the last time I did it um, I realised that, that every single one I've ever done it, I've introduced the bad guy through the portal, as I was in the script introducing the bad guy through the portal, and I and I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I don't know what the medical condition is, but um, but once Both I realised that, <laughs> yeah, well, no, not necessarily because I was I thought it was uh, I thought it was a. a a genius before that, but uh, you know, I was so clever because they, they used portals ex- you know, a lot in the movie, yeah. so you know, they had all the different Spider Man coming through portals. How, how will we get Andrew Garfield in? Yeah, portal? yep, it kind of saves so much time, doesn't it? Um, it, it, it sounds like that's where the idea came from, actually. Spider Man's Spider Man's the amazing Spider Man's. We went to this, we went to this epic scene where all the Avengers show up for the big battle. Well, as a Marvel UK, twenty minutes off this four-hour movie picture. You know, we need to kind of like somehow save time somehow. <laughs> so yeah, get the old portal out. So yeah, and I genuinely, genuinely, when I, I realised that that I was introducing a, a yet another portal to 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 get the the villain. And I just couldn't, couldn't cope anymore. And and also, uh, what didn't help help my cause was uh, I did a, a Captain Britain story uh, with Spider Man, um, and it was kind of like a Captain Britain origin story, a kind of revamp of his origin story type thing. 
And it was the first time Captain America had appeared in comics for 13 years or something like that. It was kind of like a big thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I kind of like said rather flippantly, you know, you go, you go to these conventions, right? You go to these conventions, I was younger then. And uh, so you would, you would do the convention and then you would go to the bar and you would drink copious amounts of alcohol. And um, and that, that kind of like uh, makes your tongue a wee bit loose, looser than perhaps it should be. So, so I, I, I kind of said, um, the only reason I, uh, accept, I decided to do the gig, accept, accepted the gig, was because I thought I was going to be writing Captain Caveman, right? <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'm the funniest guy alive. <laughs> I don't, nobody else really knew what I was talking about. But anyway, I think it, apparently word got back to Panini that I, I'd said that and they probably took it out of context that I was trying to be funny, um, or maybe they took it correctly in context. Mm-hmm. So my my time, my time as being a, a writer on Spider Man was quickly coming to an end. But I was a bit relieved because I really the last, genuinely the last one. Normally you could knock these one these bad boys out. Um, it would take you maybe you could do them in a week, if that. And this one took me about three weeks to write. Because I just couldn't get over that that that, that no. hurdle. Needless to say, I still kept the portal in. <laughs> I spent probably two weeks trying to think of an alternative, and I couldn't. I was I was done. I was done. So, so there you go, Ben Ten. But yeah, I've done some Ben Ten stuff. Um, Good play. That's awesome. Oh, thanks. I didn't realise it was it would basically get the biggest response. <laughs> oh man, welcome to the rest of the Blue Gooders. We get excited over random shit here. Like. I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger Captain Captain Britain fan, I must admit, but I'm also an even bigger Captain Cave fan. Yeah, yeah, I probably, yeah. probably embellished that. Probably that it was bad enough that the faux pas, but obviously when you say Captain Caveman, you then you have to Go to great yeah. lengths about. I have to say, I'm, I'm more of a teenage fan than a Captain Caveman fan. Yeah, well, why haven't they done? The, the, why haven't they done a new Captain Caveman? Because it, the best thing about it was he had his big bag, right? He had his big, big <laughs> yeah. bag, and he used to kind of like. Maybe, maybe they think it's a bit disrespectful for Neand- Neanderthal men. Maybe they feel that uh, you know, they don't want to offend Neanderthal men. They could rework it. You would get Captain Caveman, the guy Captain Caveman. You Captain Cave Lady. No, you make Captain Seven Detached. Captain Seven Detached, am he? What did he be? I'm totally. He's who who did they? Who, who's working with Hannah Barbera just now? Like the who's the comic? Does the comic DC yeah. do like Space Ghost and? Um, they did, they did a really amazing. Could they do things? Which they should have used Hong Kong Fui as well. Oh well, that, that, oh that's not going to happen, is it? But the, the Flintstones one was amazing. I don't know if anyone read the old Flintstones comic, but they basically took they took they took the Flintstones, which was obviously kind of like always always a bit of like a sitcom set in sort of prehistoric times. But they they did a, about five years ago. They did a a, a Flintstones run that was basically 
more like sort of 21st century problems, but then like cavemanified. So like you had the whole like like social media. There was a there was an issue about social media. There was one about like um, sort of marital marital troubles and things like that. And it was just, it was a really cool little uh, it was a really cool little comic book series. And that's I think good. No, I've not seen enough Captain Caveman. Like folk totally go mental for it in the same way that I go mental for Ben Ten. But I, I never got it. But <laughs> I I just assume that you should be able to take an old like property and go right. Let's jazz it. Let's do something. Let's say. Uh, Let's put our tongue in our cheek and see what we can do with this. So, like, yeah, it's, it's not as if they've done it with absolutely every other character that's ever. Been <laughs> yeah, what's going? What, what what was so so wrong with Captain Caveman? This, this is the time to bring it back, you know. Um, no, because he had his big bag, and he'd be looking for an Uzi nine millimeter or something mm-hmm. like that, and he would get <laughs> a, oh, a granny, a granny out, his, his old teacher, <laughs> cave school. Yeah, that was the running joke, wasn't it? How we laughed, how we laughed. Steven Spielberg, what's he doing these days? Come on, the Captain Caveman revival starts now. (laughs) (laughs) We should champion that cause. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Ben Ten. I did some. uh, I did some. Camera, uh, Captain Network stuff as well. Um, uh, Camp Laszlo. Uh, oh, I did loads of stuff. Uh, the, the one that I really liked doing, really enjoyed doing, was um, Samurai Jack. Do you know oh, Samurai Jack? Oh, that was brilliant. But the great thing you could do with Samurai Jack was it was it, it was it was a comfortable character in different genres, so you could do a really stupid, silly comedy. With t- talking rabbits, talking Easter bunnies, and stuff like that, or you could you could do a kind of like a, a really quite serious story with you know a, like a, a brooding samurai type story, and uh, the, the 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 best stories for me were the ones where I could invoke the old Conan the Barbarian stories by uh, Roy Thomas and John Buscema, Buscema, yeah. Um, See, this is a problem. I, I don't know how to pronounce any of these people's names, but um, <laughs> including my own. But uh, yeah, so I was able to invoke that, and that was that was a real treat. Um, doing that, I feel I feel I should mention something that I actually enjoyed doing rather than just dwelling. <laughs> <laughs> what well, you know, rather than sort of like everybody thinking that I'll just look in the mirror every night and say, "What have I done with my life?" Kind of thing. <laughs> to be honest, it sounds like you've done a shed load of stuff. It sounds like you have really you no know, put yourself out there and done everything. Do you have um, any advice to any young person or even middle-aged person, like? Me, <laughs> um, of what of um, your experiences, and what you, what you think, what's the best bit of advice you could give to an indie creator or someone looking to break into comics or break into writing uh, in general? Do you get any top tips? You'd like to- uh, it's the, the it's changed so much these days. I think if if you're looking to, I mean, there's still the old avenues of of, of looking for. You know, um, sub, you know, going through the submission process. Uh, you know, the, finding out where the editors are, um, at what conventions are going to turn up. I mean, back in the day when we used to network, it was like you you would have one or two 
comic conventions um, a year. And in fact, the, the I suppose my big break was like pitching for Calhab Justice, and I did that with David Bishop in the Glasgow Comic Convention uh, that was in Candlerigs. Um, Frank um, Plowright used to um, organise way back in the day. And, you know, um, or I, 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 the best thing to do is just keep putting yourself out there. I think sometimes I feel, and this has always been the case, sometimes I feel that, like, writers especially, um, you're expected to do so many other things besides write, like from a promotional point of view. Um, And just put yourself out there, and then the people might be interested in your stuff. Um, It's... it's, all, there's so many like um, factors that, that they might come into play, but the only things you've got real control of is um, what you do, what your output, what you what you create, and what have you. And um, you really have to decide what you want to do, and then building that. I mean, you, you say said said I've done a lot, shared a lot of stuff. That's because I became a a work for hire type individual for a, a great many years so I got to the point where I, you know with, without actually really building a head of steam in the sense of I didn't have a, a critical hit so I wasn't like a particularly um, or a commercial hit in, in the way that sort of like better known writers had um, I, I was one of these job in work for hire guys that would just basically take whatever jobs were, were available and I enjoyed that because um it, it, you know, it was it was it was it was enjoyable, but the, but the main motivation for me probably was the fact that I was getting paid for writing, mm. and that that was sort of like so I was willing to uh, put myself forward for anything. And normally it's sort of like through conversations, like the Cartoon Network stuff came about because uh, the editor at the time was looking for people that were prepared to do one-page strips, mm. and that that seemed to be. Like script them, and that seemed to be something that the American writers at the time wouldn't touch. They weren't interested in that for various reasons, cultural reasons probably, because it's bad enough asking them <laughs> to do a an eight page strip. Never mind a a one pager. For me, not a problem. Not a problem. I was quite happy to do that, and then that that's how I, I got that opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm not really going to be able to answer the question as such. You need to be kind of like a bit more specific. I mean, for example, um, I know there's uh, Kai, from from a, a fiction point of view, there's Chimera, or Chimera, I think it's Chimera, that's the science fiction. Um, the big one in Edinburgh, yeah. Yeah, it, it clashes with um, Glasgow. I think these guys are going to Glasgow, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on on the Sunday, but you've got publishers that are going to go, go be there. Um, ah, God, what are they called? But what one of them um, is printed uh, Stevie White's uh, book, uh, Milk, reprinted Milk. Yeah. Have you seen it? It's a beautiful big. Yeah, I've got, I've got it. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's a gorgeous. But that the the, the company that, that that produces that normally <laughs> do fiction. Um, normally do prose, uh, short story collections, etc. But you know, so that there's there's loads of other avenues out there. Mark Abnett, um, I think sold uh, 
um, this land, is it, to Scholastic? Yeah, in Scholastic New Zealand, isn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah, so you know you can only use that as a launching pad. So you can like um, you have to just sort of like put yourself forward as somebody that somebody else would be interested in, and that that that's a, that's it's really difficult to kind of like try and yeah put up. you ju- you just need to kind of like put, put yourself. yourself out there. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter if you're the most so- socially awkward person in the world. Um, you need to kind of like create a. A persona that's specifically tailored to this, um, and normally because we, people that are involved in comics and writing in general, are so passionate about what they do, and they're so kind of determined, and you have to be really, because even if you do get a gig, there's probably tens, hundreds of other writers that would would love to do that gig as well. Um, but I'm reminded of. There was uh, C.B. Sabalski, who was uh, the talent coordinator at uh, Marvel. I think he's now president or something like that. President of the United States, for all I know. But uh, <laughs> um, he, he was talking about um, artists primarily. Um, but there was one artist that he recruited through their Instagram account. And it just came yeah. to his attention uh, that, that this... Uh, artist had uh, a number of things up on Instagram that would be of interest to, to him. And he had a look at it, Instagram Instagram account. He said, oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, we'll, we'll give this person a gig, right? A tryout. And he said, like, after that, word, get, word, get, word gets out and then everybody's sending Marvel their in- Instagram account, their Instagram account details. So it no longer becomes a unique selling point. Comes anything but. And again, oh, actually, talking about the, the word portal, that P word, the P word, word has come back out. And and CB Sabolsky, and even somebody like him and his experience couldn't really explain it. But he says like once somebody gets a, an in, gets a big break in Marvel, um, it's like the portal that they enter then gets sealed, and you have to find another way. Um, of getting in, so uh, who who knows who knows um, yeah, how, how it happens. Uh, but yeah, but you need to you need to get yourself out there. Um, it's probably the only thing. You, you, a writer, because it's such a massive an investment in somebody else's time to read somebody's writing. Um, I take it we're all writers here. Yeah, well, I yeah. am. Yeah, 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 yeah so, 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 so Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, Colin, yeah. Uh, but you, you'll find that, obviously, it's an easier sell to get the message across um, uh, if you're an artist and, obviously, a writer. Yeah. Um, even even at a convention, um, and if it's a really busy, if it's really stowed, like it was in Dundee when I met you, Jeff, and met you, Colin, it was stowed. It was like it was like they had yes. to young children had to be lifted up and passed into kind of pockets of air. It was like <laughs> and and my wife worked for the yeah and my wife worked for the NHS and she was saying before I went um, Dundee was third in the list for the COVID outbreaks and then after that convention. <laughs> And she was telling me Dundee was number one, right? Like that. I thought, oh, I wonder, yeah, right. I wonder if that might 
I can uh, I can tribute to the factor. So, um, but that is impossible because I, I, I like it when it's busy, but like people can move about, and you know, there's a bit of bit of um, uh, bit of space around them and stuff, and it's not all kind of like you know you have to go from one place to another when you get the opportunity, and uh, because what people need to do is. And you're, they're surrounded by visual stimuli. They're surrounded by people with prints, people mm-hmm. with artwork, everything, you know, in cages and stuff like that. And then you're sitting there with some books. And they go, oh, Is this weird though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I get that. That doesn't have to be a comic <laughs> con. <laughs> I'm just speaking from my own self experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no. All weirdos together, obviously. <laughs> and um, you, so you need somebody to, um, in their own time, sort of like realise that you're a writer and that and that you're actually the writer of all these books. Um you know, and and it's and, and you need a wee bit of time, a wee bit of mind space. Mm-hmm. And you know you've got you've got uh, people, Chewbacca's walking past you and Transformers walking past you. Yeah. And you know, and can you imagine if a double decker bus went past and Andrew, you, you thought Andrew Wellman's going to buy you one of my books, and then suddenly, oh no, he's away! <laughs> won't, be seeing, won't be seeing Andrew again today. So, um, yeah, I, I actually don't know Andrew Wellman, so if he does listen to these things, I do apologise, Andrew. I'm sure he's listening. Yeah, he sounded all right. That's why I'm kind of like, you know, that's kind of like the worst thing, isn't it? Oh, we thought you could take a joke. You've never met me before in your life. Of course I can't take a joke. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's kind of like, um, I mean, you, you guys go as a kind of group, don't you? We we used to do that in Planet Jumbo. That was good fun. But um, do you, you kind of play, when you're, when you're kind of like, people are showing an interest in your table, do you kind of play off each other? Or are, you, are, are Colin, do you say, don't buy anything by Dave? Cause he's, Pretty much, like, yeah. That's, that's, that's business. He's shite. <laughs> buy all my stuff. <laughs> but what normally Dave happens is, back, yeah, yeah, well. what normally has Colin fucks off? From, from my experience, <laughs> Colin fucks off. Everybody comes and buys his books with his own fucking there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can, you know, we, we get nothing, and then uh, that's that's kind of the way it works. So. Yeah. <laughs> Colin loves to chat too much. He loves to chat. You know. I do. I, I like to talk a lot, so I go and, I go and visit yeah. people and talk to them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it has um, its moments. It has its moments. There was a guy. Um, there was a guy at, in Glasgow, a really really amazing guy who was totally like so over the moon to have met Colin. That he was like, he was shaking and laughing. He was so like starstruck. We were all like, <laughs> me and David were just kind of standing next to Colin, like, all right. <laughs> that was the commando what? fan, wasn't it? Who was that guy? He was just like getting phones and everything. Yeah, what, did he was think? commando fan. And uh, oh, yeah, I was, was going to say, did he think you were calling years. me Neil or something like that? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it did. Maybe it did. Funnily yeah. enough, um, you, you, I, I, you put the Colin O'Neill beard on and then suddenly you're a Colin O'Neill yeah, lookalike. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, Gary Erskine told me a story that um, he was at a, <laughs> some some event a few years back, quite a few years back, um, and he was getting an awful lot of attention from people. But somebody had told him that, that he was Grant Morrison. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I can well, see that's Grant and 
Gary are the only two tall people in Scotland. So <laughs> yeah. now, now that Andy, Andy Murray had left to live in London, I think he, let, he, he did write a wee letter to say, you know, I bequeath my tallness to to you, <laughs> Grant Morrison. Actually, yeah, I could see that. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah um, Gary's worked with Grant. He worked mm-hmm. in the filth, didn't he? So. You could, you could talk. You could probably that. pass, Colin. You could probably pass for Frank quietly. He's got the, 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 a similar, a similar look. Oh, he's far skinnier than me. He's, he's a wee bit skinnier, but he's got the same. What well, well, Colin can pass for Frank a, for, for well, Vincent? He's a, he's a lot skinnier than me. You know, I haven't seen Vincent for a wee while, so I don't know if he's uh, the, if, if the uh, the pandemic's been particularly unkind to him, but. Uh, <laughs> Should I say any more, Colin? You're a... <laughs> Vince is quite dashing. Vin... Yeah, yeah, Colin, so you're quite, he's, you're he's quite dashing as well. well no, he's Magnum much more handsome than me. And, um, well, he's, yeah, he's, he's, much, he's much more handsome. Slimmer than me. Than me. And, and, you know, then... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. he's, 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 he's a lovely, he's a lovely man. And you're a lovely oh, man as yeah. well. No, he is, he's very, very quiet-spoken, lovely person. Oh, he's, he is, he's gorgeous. Yeah, he's yeah. he's, he's, he's the nicest man in comics. Yeah, for sure. Jim. And you're the second nicest man, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always second best. I'm always second best. My wife tells me that all the time. <laughs> we don't think you're second best, Colin. Oh, no, no, thank no, you. No. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, Jim, did you say that you're going to be at um, Glasgow Comic Con on the 4th of June? Is that right? No. No? No. I'm going to be in here. <laughs> you're going to be in here. Sorry, my Air Comic Con. Uh, Air yeah, Comic Con. Yeah, Air, and I'll be in Chimera. Chimera. I don't know how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Sunday, um, oh, okay. I'm kind of like it's, it kind of suits me. Uh, uh, the BGCP, big comic, big Glasgow big comic, comic page yeah. event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of suits me just to to, to go to them. Uh, Ian asked. Well, I, yeah. I got in touch with Ian and um, he asked if, if I wanted to put myself forward as a guest. <laughs> and he's been and, and he's been pretty pretty good. Just sort of like accommodates me, um, and I've been to Dumfries, Cumbernauld. Cum- I enjoyed Cumbernauld. Cumbernauld was good. Uh, Dumfries was excellent. I was um, I was next to Simon Donald um, from from, from the Viz. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I got his I got his autobiography, um, which I'm reading just now, and I would heartily recommend it because it's. Is it, I think I've read. Is it Simon Donald? <laughs> Him called? off the viz. Him off the viz. Oh, it's not Simon's. I've read it. I think it's his. Is his brother? He's got a. Uh, Chris. Yeah, he's got a. He's got an autobiography as well. I believe. All right. Well, it, it, it'd be interesting because he he's um, Simon's. I think he gets on quite well. He's his brother Chris, and uh, they do stand up together. Hmm. But Chris doesn't come always come out of it very well in the. In Simon's autobiography, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to to read about it. But certainly, I, I I can't comment on the Chris Donald one, but the Simon Donald one is it really does go into it in great detail about the Viz phenomena and 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 oh, how it all came about. I, it, it's I would certainly recommend it. It's sort of um, it's it, it, you know it's 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 very good. And I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And previous to that, I read Steve McManus's uh, Sheer Glam Conspiracy, which is, 
which was a bit too cryptic for me. I, I kind of like didn't. I, I, I know Steve had said that that he was he was telling the tales that he wanted to tell, but in such a kind of like layered manner mm. that yeah, it wouldn't become obvious. But I didn't. I, I, I had a conversation with you again with the, 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 the apostrophe mark and all that, you know. Steve's a wonderful enigma to me. You know, I worked under him um, many moons ago and uh, he was pretty straightforward then, but he's become one of these sort of like ex- eccentrics, isn't he? He's become one of these, <laughs> yeah. these gentlemen of Camden yeah. Town, you know, like sort of like if you go, if you even walk on his side of the street, he'll come out with a double barrel shotgun and tell you to go off his land. That's what I imagine anyway, after reading the Sheer Glam Conspiracy. Yeah, it's a pretty nuts book. His, his other book, the, the Mighty One, the Mighty One is a bit more straight. Yeah, the Mighty One, I couldn't because it's uh, 2000 AD, so... No interest in that. But, um, but yeah, moving over to Simon Donald, I would certainly recommend it. And it's really good for uh, nuts and bolts about... Um, I've, 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 I've just uh, I've just ordered it off Amazon. All um, oh, right, yeah, it's just the general process of of, of bringing something like Viz about. And again, mm. if you look at it, I mean, Viz is a, was a phenomenal. It was like um, I actually was chatting away to Simon, and uh, I said that I got one of his one of their um, legendary um, rejection letters. I, I, I can't remember what I'd submitted, but I submitted something as everybody did um, back in the day, and uh, the, it basically said, you know, unfortunately you were unsuccessful at this time. We suggest that you uh, send the proposal to uh, our esteemed competitors, uh, the Radio Times and Garden, Gardeners Weekly, like <laughs> 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 which, which I still I've got it somewhere. Obviously, it'll, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, be it'll be orange, orangey brown, or probably decomposed by now. But uh, yeah, uh, oh, it's just it's just you know it's just fantastic to get his perspective of, and, and it's it's reasonably honest. It's as honest as you prob- probably could expect an autobiography to be, uh, while still giving your your um, point of view. Right, um, th- this is my next beer. Well, because I've spoke, I've been. I, I can't shut up. I've only had, <laughs> and the fact that I managed to finish it was pretty good. Right, so this is Shehawian, right? Mm-hmm. Again, again, I like Shehawian. It's nice, but mm-hmm. but well, the question is, what what connection is Shehawian to me? Besides the fact that I've got a bottle of it and. In my hands. <laughs> she howling. Is it a local brewery for you? Oh, Harvesting, isn't it? So, I live in East Kilbride, so you. Yeah, We've got a local mm. McDonald's. <laughs> no idea. She oh, come on. Yeah. Jeff, did you not say you were my biggest fan at the start of this podcast? Yeah. I did. Alexander's out there. There was a guy that was. No, I'm just to work it out. It's very disconcerting when your guest goes, "Fucking, here's a beer. Why yeah. is it connected it's, to me? Like, it's why is it the mountain I've ever climbed? I don't know. I have. Well, I have. Well, I've, that's a bit cheeky, Colin. I have climbed. Thank you for being so nervous. I've been up being nervous. I have. You know. 
Um, um, if you've ever been up the top of Shihalian, it's kind of like quite flat. It's one of those flat ones, so you can actually it can actually accommodate a reasonable sized amount of people at the top of Shihalian. Mm-hmm. But flat, so you're above the clouds and all that. And I remember there was a few of us up there. It was kind of a really nice day. Uh, we were staying. I think we were uh, camping out in Putlockery at the time. And um, there was this wee Jack Russell that was also up on the top of the mountain. And it was it was peering over like dogs do. Like, like we were we were above the clouds. We were up a, a Monroe, right? So obviously it had to be a certain height to be a Monroe. So it was instant mm. death if you you fell <laughs> off and this wee dog's like that. <laughs> you know, practically half of its body's peering over this. And that's a memory that I'll take to, to my grave. I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, <laughs> but I remember <laughs> that wee dog at the top of Shihalian. Which is nice. Take me down memory lane and I'm obviously giving you some th- thinking time. So what? What? Is what it, come uh, on, Shihalian. Uh, is it to do with your? Uh, oh, your it's Calhoun. It's Calhoun yeah. Justice, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Totally. It was the empath in Calhoun Justice. So the main character was uh, Ed McBrain, and he was mm-hmm. named because I was really struggling for uh, how to name my characters. Yeah. And I, 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 and I saw the ferry of um, Caledonian McBrain. We are obviously in the news because all their ships are sinking at the moment. Um, but and I thought, oh, I Caledonian McBrain. I went Ed McBrain. That's where that came from. Mm-hmm. But most people think it came from McBrain, the uh, crime writer uh, yeah. from from the states. But no, that's not true. I wasn't very well read then, so I would have had a <laughs> scooby about that. And Shihalian was because I was up a mountain called Shihalian with a wee dog. Looking over, and I thought, actually, Halloween was quite good, quite a good wee name for a for an empath. Mm. For the... I'm I'm so glad that story about the dog. <laughs> the elk, I, I thought he was going to take. It oh, I've no <laughs> idea. I'm no idea. Oh, Maybe somebody just passed and just kicked it. I, I was having expected. I just seen this wee dog sitting there, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to kick that thing off. <laughs> Boom! There it goes. <laughs> I'll not forget that. Yeah. But since we're talking about mountains, I'm going to tell you about my uh, my my uh, only ever trip up Ben Nevis, and it was in June, and and it was a beautiful day. But when I got to the top of it, well, about halfway up, it was it started to get really cold, and the, the clouds came over, uh-huh. and um, I was fortunate I had loads of stuff with me, you know, I was equipped for it. And when I got to the top, it was it was like minus six or something. Uh-huh, I met another yeah. guy who told me it was minus six, and uh-huh. we were shivering in the wee hut, you know, trying to keep warm, uh, yeah. hope, hoping that it was going to clear, and it never did. So anyway, I left, and I was on the way back down, and I'd just kind of come out of the clouds, <laughs> and walking up the hill towards me are two nuns, <laughs> and they said, "How far is it to the top?" <laughs> And they're there in their full kind of nun outfits, you know. It's like totally not equipped for it whatsoever. <laughs> and it was like something, like, you know, a movie, you know, airplane. You know how they have the nuns on the on the plane. It was, <laughs> it, was, it, was really, it was just bizarre. So what did you tell them, Colin? Did you say, "Hi, it's a wee bit smaller, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. The big man's with you. <laughs> 
Yeah, when I was up in bed nervous, it was kind of like rather similar. It's kind of like quite disconcerting passing all the cairns, isn't it? The wee cairns. Well, all the wee... Uh, but yeah, we had quite bad weather as well. But but you, the, the, it waits till you're well up there, so you've got a decision sure. to make, you know. We had flasks of tomato soup, so we felt we were very well prepared. We, we were basically there in our trainers and our jeans, and, but we had <laughs> flasks of tomato soup. <laughs> <laughs> and we felt that was all we needed in order to survive the Heinz tomato soup. Well, I don't. I think I don't think it was Heinz. We were. <laughs> I, was a, I was a student at the time. Um, <laughs> As the zone, or whatever it is gateway, gateway zone. Yeah, actually, the the the, the holiday that contributed towards Ben Nevis was, um, uh, I got my first swamp thing. By Alan Moore. Cool. So, somebody, I, I, I did what everybody did at that time. You, you would read 2000 AD for a wee while, and then you'd stop reading comics, and then you moved on to other things, like watching the two Ronnies or stuff <laughs> like that. And um, then uh, somebody gave me a big pile of warriors to read. Right, you used to read comics, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, anyway. Oh, I read these. Wow, wow. So that was like when I was introduced to FIFA Vendetta, um, Marvel Man, as he was known at the time, and various other things. And uh, and Alan Moore obviously caught my, my, my attention. So we we stopped in Solco, it's in a, in a wee. Uh, news agent in Solcoats on the way to to uh, uh, Fort William, and I went into and I was looking for something to read. You know, cause it was quite a long uh, car journey, and they used to have the spinner racks, yeah. and that, and that's where I picked up issue forty nine of American Gothic, the Swamp Thing, and that's what got me hooked. And the Warrior magazine, I didn't didn't know where I thought it was. It was a good read, but it didn't. It didn't hook me in the sense of like I didn't know if there was anything after that that would kind of get my yeah. attention, and then I got Swamp Thing, and then I realised, you know, you know, the kind of like the American comics were that there was there was all all this new universe in front of me, and that that was so. There you go. So cool. So in its contribution to comics. Um, I'm a I'm I'm writing a semi autobiographical comic and. Um, about a about a struggling writer on a on a sort of seaside retreat, and it's based in Solcoats. Is it? Where are you yeah. from? Yeah, from Fermline. From Fermline. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Adrosson. That's how I was born. Oh, yeah, it's, in the, it's, it's, the next, it's the next bit up from Solcoats, uh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. So there you go. It's a small world. Yeah. I was in the Solcoats not that long ago. It's, it's, um, I I quite like it. It's a nice wee. Um, it's interesting. You were saying earlier about a uh, um, bizarre um, uh, weather spoons. I think the weather spoons in Solcoats is pretty is pretty spectacular. Considering there's nothing, you know, on the surface, Solcoats doesn't have much going for it, but it seems to have a really nice weather spoons. Salt cut. Yeah. Yeah. Salt cut. Yeah. It's got all the old photos of like his salt coats came from like they got the salt from the from the water from yeah. the water. 
and they, they they basically would just I don't know what the the, the mine for salt and salt goes. That's yeah, totally. Name from. It's all the old photos, yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite a nice, uh, it's quite a nice beach actually. Yeah, Adrosan totally. Beach is Beach is kind of like more wild and untamed mm. and a bit in the wilderness. Um, but yeah, I like I like going back. I like because I'm, I'm I live in East Kilbride, so there's no water there, so it's always nice to go back to somewhere where there's a bit of water. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, yeah, well, that's pretty cool. So coats, well done. Thanks. So coats comic con and knowing you, and probably if you can see that as an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, we can see that. Like, it might happen. Uh, it might happen. Yeah, the, the, the genius of Ian is that he he kind of like you know I, I, I went to Dumfries comic con and that was brilliant. That was superb and. Um, there's Air Comic Con, Greenwich Comic Con's happening on Saturday, and uh, you know they have, you know, they have a brilliant turnout consistently um, because people are just so you know there's a civic pride in, in having mm. a Comic Con, you know, yeah. um, it's it's brilliant, and I, I think Ian deserves a lot of credit for coming up with that and uh, sticking with it as well, and obviously with the uh, the, the two years. Uh, the pandemic, and and he's, he's almost like the, the uh, I mean, we referenced Dundee previously, but how busy Dundee was, and that was no, like, that was the first one back. Oh, well, wait, I think he did Kirkcaldy. I think he did Kirkcaldy um, previously to that. The, 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 yeah. I don't know how busy that was. Um, it was pretty busy. That was that was right in the pandemic, though, wasn't it? That was kind yeah. of more or less. It was, that was like a, October or something, wasn't it? Last year. Yeah, yeah it was the first one. So, and, and you know what? It was strange, Dundee. I don't know how you f- found it from your point of view. We we, it was we we had quite a lot of space behind us, so we we mm-hmm. were kind of like a bit detached from the kind of general melee of it all. It was, <laughs> it was like, a melee. It, it, it was almost really like you'd you'd never been away. You know, it was like okay, just all clicked back just like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it just seems to be you know like. I'm trying to remember all the good habits I'm sure I had during the pandemic. And what's happened to them? What's happened to all my good habits? (laughs) (laughs) I've just went back. I've just went back. I'm two years older, but I'm not two years wise. No. He started off and it's like, after this, we're all going to love each other and (laughs) hug each other and the world is going to be at peace. Two years later, we're like, Fuck you! Oh yeah, but we're even worse now, you know. We're even worse. <laughs> but um, oh, but um, yeah. So there you go. But yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. I'm quite happy doing the Ian ones. Um, I, I, I wasn't really sure about the Glasgow one anyway because uh, they moved it to Bella Houston, but I wasn't aware that it was really happening until I don't know when they. Because it obviously was one of those ones that had been rearranged a couple of times, mm. hadn't it? Mm. So the dates didn't really work out. I mean, obviously, it was going to go to the Edinburgh one. Yeah, which would have been what, last weekend. Would it have been? Gosh. Yeah. The Easter Easter weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I would have went to that one, but that was uh, that's been done. That's done. And so there's so many of them now, though, isn't there? Even yeah. at, I mean, 
for me, it used to be that I used to go to uh, Fort Bubble. I think you guys go to Fort Bubble, don't you? We went uh, last year. This year, this year. Yeah. Yeah. On, on mass this year. On mass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Fort Bubble's great fun if there's a, a group of youth. Me. Um, Leeds, Leeds is a good night out, isn't it? Leeds, pretty good. Pubs. Wait, it's moved, moved to Harrogate now. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. Which is a bit, uh, um, bit more upmarket. Is that? We had a nice night in Harrogate where we were in Colm last year and had a lovely night. It was good. Just good. Really chilled. Oh, yeah, so many of them, and they're, mm-hmm. they're going to get more and more. Um, yeah. And so you can just so for me, it kind of just suits me to, to just do the BGCP yeah. ones. I can't we we talk about the BGCP on here quite a lot. I think what they do is um, it's pretty good. I like how they go to places that don't really have a comic uh, shop, yeah. so to speak. And so, like you said, you know, folk are like uh, proud to have a comic con in their hometown. I think that's. Uh-huh. When they go to those kind of places, like they they done one in Clyde Bank pretty recently, which I thought was quite good, um, uh, and they do the Loch Lomond one as well, which is really always really uh, yeah, busy. Yeah, I noticed that one. Yeah, they're doing two. I for, for me, I, I go to the Comic Coins where they kind of like have guests, so they have right. people like Gary yeah. and um, yeah. various other guys. Because they do maps, Simon well, Donald, they? of course. They, 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 yeah, they, they, they do toy and comic map. Oh, he's he's got a thing on every week, I think. Ah, uh, it's good. And, uh, just to get the, I'm all about just getting, you know, if, if if you can put comics in front of people's faces, that's, I'm pro that. <laughs> and so I think that's what he tries to do, so I think that's pretty good. Yeah, oh, Jeff's yeah. Doing, yeah. doing Perth Comic Con, is yeah. that right, Jeff? I've got a table in Perth. In, in yeah. I've got a table there, yeah. I think I'll yeah. be going to Perth, if they'll have me. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah Perth's August, isn't it? Is it August? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, first Saturday, I think, isn't it? It's like right at the start, so. Oh, I don't know. It's, I think so. It is the sixth of August. I know that because it's my birthday. Oh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm hoping to make a bit of a day of it. Obviously, Perth's got um, Perth's got some really nice sort of beer kind of places as well. So, I'm just going to be taking a bag up, do my table, and then maybe hit a couple of pubs before I come back down the road on the bus or something. So. Yeah, it suits me having a one day event as well, and it suits me yeah. the fact it's ten, usually ten to four. So it's six hours, yeah. and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what what time it is. Uh, decon. I went to decon. That was like half past six, and it doesn't matter. The last hour is always dead. It's always yeah. really dead. Every conversion. We we had the same. We were in Glasgow. We did we did one in um, we did one in the SEC as a group, and uh, yeah, it was that like it, the the Sunday in particular, wasn't it? It was just a bit like the last hour was. was was pretty awful. And you're tired <laughs> and cranky, mm-hmm. and you've got nobody to moan to because everybody's <laughs> left the building. If they had a one-hour co- comic convention, nobody would turn up. We've crept right into like I think this is probably our longest podcast ever. Well, we um. Oh, it's not, no. It's not. It's close, though. It's getting close. Have anyone got any last kind of shout-outs and stuff before we bring it to an end? Has anyone got anything to what the blather about before we... I had a comic, but I think I'll I'll save it for next week. I had a comic as well, but I'm happy to save it for next week as well. I've not read any indie stuff for fucking ages, to be honest. So, yeah, I don't really have anything to shout out. I don't think so, anyway. Hey, Mo, you can, in fact, my books are in Glasgow Forbidden Planet, which is kind of cool. You That's well cool, man. Oh, yeah, my books are going to be in there, but um, I haven't sent them through yet. And I was well, going to go and, I was going to go through to Glasgow and 
Saturday. But something's cropped up on Saturday that's happening, which I can't really turn down, but I can't tell you about it just now. Oh, I'm going to every week, Colin. Every <laughs> week, <laughs> week come on here and you tell us, oh, something exciting's happening. I've got a secret, but I can't tell you. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you. Genuinely, you know, national security. It is a pity. Why, why mention it at all? It's like, because yeah. oh, I'm really Watch my social media and you'll find it. I'm going to go on Saturday, Jeremy. Don't mention it. I don't fucking care, to be honest. I'm going to go on Saturday, Colin, if you want me to. All right, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not telling you. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> We, we tried, we tried to pump up our information there. Well, you did really try very hard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it eventually. We'll get to it on Sunday. <laughs> no, you'll find it on Saturday. Oh, okay. thank you, thank you. Well, I'll find out on Saturday, Colin. Uh, if somebody tells you. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Saturday>. <laughs> so the answer to that is no, I will not be <laughs> <it's Saturday. laughs> You are forever going to be left hanging. I'll email you. Uh, this, is, this is going to be, this is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, yeah. it'll be that and the wee dog at the top of Shehalian peak over. I still don't know what Colin was wanting. It'll probably all fall through and then that'll be that, you know, and it'll be like, so what happened on Saturday? I'll be like, None. <laughs> I sat around for three hours. Oh, one of the worst people. I sat around for three hours and, uh, you know, <laughs> whistled. I, I'm in Glasgow on Saturday, Colin, if you want me to drop anything off, if that's what it's oh, about. That would be, be very useful. Yeah, I was going to post them through, but yeah, if you, I'll, yeah. I'll maybe drop I've some comics them. into you. I'm going to, the, I'm going to the, the fire engine exhibition at the Riverside Museum because oh, that's where I roll. Yeah, exciting stuff. Oh. Yeah, if you've got a six-year-old, that is exciting. And, um, I'm also going to um, go and see Drum Ch Drum Drum Chapel United play as well in the afternoon. Wow, careful round there, Jeff. That's very yeah. eclectic, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, definitely are. A, a, a bohemian writer, aren't you? You're uh, doing no, all that. You've set in soul courts. You're going to see Drum Chapel <laughs> United. <laughs> You're a big Ben 10 fan. Wow. Yeah. I think it's more Saturday, varied than that. My Saturday peels into insignificance now. <laughs> no, I've got um I'm 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 launching a comic on Sunday um on Kickstarter and uh, it's based on it's based on junior league football. So I'm gonna go and catch a junior league game as kind of like a celebration. Uh, so cool. Sounds good. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Anyone else got anything they want to blather about or clutch out or say that they're excited about? Or anything? All good. Oh, amazing. Go and buy comics. Buy comics. Yeah. Especially Jim. Lots of them. Awesome. Especially I was. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Jim. We'll catch you again and we'll Jim, be here. Yeah, yeah. right, take care, boys. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Is this when you chop me off? <laughs> <laughs>